You're listening to Renewing Religion, a podcast about worship, social duties, and spirituality featuring an overview of Imam al-Ghazali's Ihya. This podcast is brought to you by Seekers Hub. This Ramadan, our goal is to raise $75,000 in monthly donations to build a global Islamic seminary so that dedicated students all over the world can complete their journeys and become Islamic scholars. You can help them by becoming a monthly donor at seekershub.org slash donate. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen. Wa sallallahu ala sayyidina wa nabiyina wa habibina Muhammad. Habibi Rabbil Alameen. Wa ala alihi wa ashabihi wa atba'ihi ila yawmiddin. Alhamdulillah. In tonight's session on renewing religion, we are looking at the book of music from Imam al-Ghazali's Ihya. And this is one of the most mis- misinterpreted and misrepresented and decontextualized sections of Imam Ghazali's corpus. Because many people look at this and they say, Imam Ghazali says music is fine. And then they jump into just unabated listening to music. But Imam Al-Ghazali, sadly for some, is not talking about music in the sense of anything that is musical. Rather, what Imam Al-Ghazali is talking about here in the context of the permission of music is a particular type of music. And an indication of this is to be found in his opening, which we'll just look at. He says, right, firstly, right, the title itself is often misrepresented. Because it's not really the book of music, right? As-sama'a, right, refers to that which is heard. As-sama'a. Literally, if you want to translate it literally, sama'a means the act of hearing. What, what it is referring to here right, is spiritual music. Spiritual music. The full title of the book is Kitabul Samai Wal Wajd. The book of spiritual music and ecstasy. Right? And ecstasy. Right? Becoming spiritually ecstatic out of experiencing spiritual meanings. Which is why he says in opening, Bismillah Rahman Rahim, Alhamdulillahi Ladi Akhraqa Kuluba Awliyaihi. Binari mahabbatihi. All praises due to Allah who has burnt the hearts of his elect servants, of his awliya, with the fire of divine love. And who has enraptured the the concerns and the very souls of 
such people with passion and yearning for meeting him and beholding him. And then he continues, right? So what this is talking about is spiritual music. Music that inspires one spiritually. Music that inspires one spiritually and that stirs within us the yearning to turn to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That stirs within us the yearning to seek Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That inspires us to Allah, to His Messenger and to what we have been called to. And the basis of this is that within the prophetic tradition, there is a broad permission for singing. The Arabs were poets, and poetry was sung. That was how you didn't read poetry, you sang poetry. And this was from the habits of the Arabs. And the Prophet ﷺ confirmed that himself. He himself, ﷺ, avoided poetry. And there's difference of opinion. Did the Prophet ﷺ ever compose poetry? And the answer is no. There's no evidence of that. There are some words that the Prophet ﷺ said that rhyme, but this is, the Arabs would not have considered that poetry. Not any sentence that rhymes. Consider it may be poetic, but it's not poetry. But in his presence, the companions sang and he approved of their singing. And there are numerous examples of that. Amongst that, when they were building the mosque of the Prophet, they sang songs of gratitude to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that had it not been for Allah, we would not have been guided. And we would not have given charity, nor would we have prayed. Likewise, after the battles, the Sahaba sang poetry, describing the battle. And there are numerous examples. So much so that the Prophet ﷺ had designated poets. And there's a number of companions who were designated poets. Hassan ibn Thabit. Abdullah ibn Rawaha and others. And the, so the Prophet had assigned them to be poets. And he prayed, for example, for Hassan ibn Thabit and others. That Allah, may Allah assist you and inspire you by the sacred. Spirit, Jibreel alayhi salam. Okay? So, there was approval of the Prophet ﷺ for this type of approval and encouragement for this religious singing. Okay? Taking poetry, whose permission is understood, and encouraging it when it fulfills religious purposes. And the Prophet ﷺ also approved of worldly singing. Amongst that, when 
it was from the, the customs of the Ansar that they would sing for their weddings. And some of the Quraysh found that strange. The Prophet approved of it and encouraged the Meccans to also use the duff. Because the, the companions from Mecca were wary. Because in Mecca there are many bad habits around music. The, the Medinans were a simpler society. They didn't have all the cultural sophistication that the Meccans comparatively had. However, they did play, beat the duff at their weddings. And the Prophet encouraged doing so. Even though the singing at the weddings would be, wedding-related singing would be of a permissible content. But from that, we see the prophetic approval of the use of the duf. Now, if we look at, so there is a prophetic permission given for the use of the duff, right? the flat drum. However, at the same time, the issue arises with respect to music that we find at least 20 hadiths of the Prophet ﷺ in which prohibitions have been mentioned regarding music, right? regarding music. Some explicit and some by indication. One of the strongest of these is a, is a hadith in Sahih al-Bukhari that there will come people in my ummah who will seek to make the lawful, to make lawful fornication and the wearing of silk and wine and drinking and the use of musical instruments. And the term used is al-ma'azif. And al-Jawhari, the author of al-Sihah, in one of the great Arabic dictionaries, al-ma'azif, it's a term known in Arabic, is the instruments, is musical instruments. Is the instruments used to play music. Right? And, and the hadith continues um, with castigation. Right? And Imam Al-Zabidi also, Imam Al-Zabidi in his work Taj Al-Arus, which is a 30 plus volume commentary on the Qamus, on the dictionary of Al-Fayrozabadi in the Arabic language. And he also explains that the, the term used in the hadith, Al-Ma'azif, refers to instruments, uh, to musical instruments. Right? However they're played. Right? It's not just, some said it only refers to string instruments. But the, the usage in Arabic of ma'azif is not just string instruments, but also wind instruments and other instruments in general. Ibn Hajar al-Asqalani, the great commentator on Sahih al-Bukhari, author of one of the greatest books of Islam, Fath al-Badi, um, the commentary on Sahih al-Bukhari, right? that 
this hadith clearly establishes, he says, this hadith clearly establishes the prohibition of music. Right? For anyone who really wishes to see the truth of the matter. Right? And there's other hadiths as well. And that's a position from, and this is just one of many hadiths that mention the same matter. So the majority of the, the scholars say that musical instruments have been prohibited by the Prophet Because they're, how, how are rulings established in Islam? They're established by the, by the texts of the Qur'an and the Sunnah and by the indications and implications of the texts of the Qur'an and the Sunnah. Right? Rulings in Islam are not established by reason. Reason is a tool for interpreting, for understanding and interpreting revelation. Right? And there is a vast body of textual evidence, including this hadith in Bukhari, prohibiting music, which is why the majority of the scholars affirm that the general ruling of musical instruments is impermissibility, with the exception of what has been allowed by the Prophet which was what, and the permission was the duff, and some said the duff, and things that are like the duff, which would be other types of drums. Some scholars considered this permission general, and some even conditioned the, con considered the permission of using the duff to be circumstantial, that it is permitted on special occasions, for example. But there is a lot of leeway with respect to the duff and you know, duff-like instruments. And this is the position right across all four schools of Sunni Islam. There is a minority opinion that considered the prohibition of music to be conditional upon sin, that the music is sinful, either in its content or in its context or in its consequence or in its association. Association meaning that it is not something being done like what disbelievers and the corrupt do. Because one, it's a fundamental principle of our religion that one does not do things that are clearly signs of disbelief nor clearly signs of corruption. So if people who are symbols of sin or corruption in society do things a certain way, one is rewarded for, for acting differently. Right? Which does not apply that one doesn't follow, for example, someone decides to wear, you know, to look like a hipster. Now hipsters are not corrupt individuals, right? Like they're not, it's not a sign of, someone said, should we shave beards because hipsters have beards? No, because being a hipster is not a symbol of sin. Hipsters actually generally do pretty inane things. On the other hand, doing something that is a clear symbol of sinfulness is problematic. Right? So a lot of people, for example, there's some, some female music singer, etc. She's got some new style. Wanting to look like people who are symbols of corruption is 
a major sin. It's a major sin. Even liking the, the, the style, the approach of people or symbols of corruption is itself sinful. And one should keep that in mind because it relates to music as well. So even according to this minority opinion, there is no permission whatsoever for sinful music. Right? There's a consensus of Islamic scholarship that if the lyrics are prohibited, the music is prohibited. If the way the performance is taking place is prohibited, then listening to it or attending would be prohibited. If the context of the performance is prohibited, that associated with it is alcohol or, or other matters that have been pro prohibited in our religion, it will be prohibited. Or if it results in the prohibited, or if it resembles the actions or ways of the corrupt. So one has to be very careful that Imam al-Ghazali did not permit listening to pop music, nor did, and that's actually not what he's talking about at all in this chapter, nor did the, some other great scholars who did permit instruments, but they only did so with very specific conditions. Right? So, rather, the, the discussion relates to and what Imam al-Ghazali is talking about relates to spiritual music and music that and there is a permitted music regarding which there's two opinions the majority opinion with respect to permissible music is music that is free of any sin in its content or context and in which only the human voice and the duff or duff-like instruments like, are used. That, that's, or there is a more expansive opinion, which is a minority opinion. It's not the relied upon position of any of the four schools of Sunni Islam. But it is a minority opinion which permits music if the content and context and performance are, permitted, are permitted and even if it is with the use of instruments, right? So that could apply to some folk music or something of that sort, right? Um, it does not in any way apply to any. And then they say, okay, so what about this particular song by such and such person? Right? And I don't listen to music, but someone said, well, such and such song by such and such person is permissible. It's just talking about being happy. But the same person right, is a symbol of the worst of corruption. Okay. Okay. With frequently featuring nudity and, other, and lewdness and corruption and celebration of sin and fornication and all kinds of things in their music. Now the believer is someone who stands for certain truths. Okay? We believe that there is good and bad, right and wrong, virtue and vice. Right? And we disassociate with certain matters. Right? So even if someone sang the odd song that wasn't like that, right? 
one has to, you know, it would still make the whole enterprise deeply problematic. So, Imam al-Ghazali talks at length about spiritual music right? and its role in inspiring and so on. But we can summarize it with the following points. Firstly, one has to be very careful, the, you know, the, the scholars mention as many who talk about human psychology and who look at even how music affects the mind and the body, right? music is very powerful. Right? Sound affects you deeply, which is why it's not an accident that the first human experience upon being created as souls, the first human experience was that we heard when we were brought out on the plane of Alestu Birabbikum, am I not your Lord? The first thing we heard was we heard Allah address our souls before our bodies were created. Am I not your Lord? And that is the greatest, sweetest, most powerful sound our souls have experienced. Which is why there is a deep, fundamental human yearning for beautiful sound. In specific, and for beauty in general. Just as there's a normal, there's an in innate human yearning for, for green, for greenery and gardens. Why? Because our homeland is the divine presence. Our homeland is paradise. Okay? And green reminds us of that homeland. Just a sound, we have a yearning for it. So music is deeply, spiritually, emotionally, psychologically, physiologically powerful. But that power is meant to be channeled towards stirring within us those meanings that direct us, direct us towards the next life, direct us towards virtue, or even higher than that, that stir within us that yearning for the divine. And this has been the tradition of spiritual music in Islam, to inspire. With respect to music, one has to remember that actions are by their intention. Right? That the, whether some mu music is meaningful in your life is what, why are you listening to it and what consequences does it have? And then, with that, we need to open up as believers, to appreciate one of the benefits of the great spiritual tradition of permissible and praiseworthy music within Islam, right? of spiritual poetry that calls to and inspires to the meanings of the Qur'an and the Sunnah, that turns hearts towards Allah and His Messenger, that this beauty stirs an innate potential within, which is why it's from the sunnah of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam. And poetry stirs this yearning for beauty. And if used right and balanced with the Qur'an and giving priority to the Qur'an, 
can awaken within us the capacity to yearn for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Which is why the Prophet did not only recite the Qur'an. The Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa we have hundreds of lines of poetry said in the time of the Prophet to the Prophet or about the Prophet Because of this stirring of beauty and yearning and love that it can. But the Sunnah music, what is it? It is music that praises Allah and His Messenger, that inspires one to turn to Allah and His Messenger. And also, in a wholesome and beautiful and light manner, serves as a mode of relaxation. But a relaxation that is a meaningful relaxation. Not a base or debasing, dehumanizing relaxation. So I'm just listening to something. What are they talking about? What are they celebrating? What does it sound like? Like I had a friend who was attached to a certain type of music. Then he said, you know what? I started thinking about hell. I said, and it freaked me out. He said, why? So I imagine how would hell sound like? <laughs> and he said, it would probably sound like what I listened to. And however, it requires balance. Right? It requires balance. Listen to it with intent. Listen to it like any other action to draw closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Uphold caution, right? Stick to what the majority have permitted. And they say, Yani Fil Mubahi Kifaya. Like in what has been permitted, there is sufficiency. salama, and in it is safety. But listen to it with purpose and with balance. Don't crowd out the Qur'an. The greatest sound you can experience is the Qur'an. Right? Spiritual you know, nasheeds, etc. A lot of nasheeds do not fulfill the role of spiritual music. A lot of them are inane, even for your children. Don't make them listen to inane nursery rhymes about Islam. Right? The tradition is... To, listen, to have our children listen to things that cause them to yearn for Allah and His Messenger. Right? Right? To these high meanings. And prioritize the Qur'an. A sign that your listening to music, even of a spiritual nature, is sound, is that it does not crowd out the Qur'an. If you're listening to, to Nasheed all day, but you find the Qur'an heavy to listen to, then something is imbalanced. So this is what we, could, we wanted to mention about this challenging chapter of the Ihya. Um, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us of those who hold fast to the sunnah of the Prophet to appreciate the beauty of poetry that praises Allah and His Messenger, that, that calls to the good, or at the very least is wholesome, and to sing it. And it's a sunnah, to sing together. The Sahaba sang together in the presence of the Prophet It's a sunnah. That's why we gather here on Friday nights and sing because this is something the Prophet and his companions did and every generation has done. But avoid that. Allah subhanahu tells us very clearly, Allah Most High calls only to what is just and what is virtuous. Al-Ihsan, to excellence. And Allah prohibits all that is lewd, 
and corrupt and transgressing. Okay? Allah admonishes you so that you may take heed. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us take heed, turn away from that music that drags us down and to embrace in wholesome ways that, that singing and that poetry and that music that elevates us but with the caution of remaining within the limits of what is clearly permitted. وَصَلَّى ala Sayyidina wa Nabina wa Habibina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa sallam walhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. Thank you for listening to this Seekers Hub podcast. To listen to the rest of our shows, please visit seekershub.fm. You can also subscribe to our weekly email newsletter called Compass, where we'll send the best of Seekers Hub's content straight to your inbox every single week. To get on the list, visit seekershub.org slash compass.